Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Her Mighty Surrender. This is Therese Picola. I hope you are doing well. I'm, I hate to timestamp this podcast, but I know there's been a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world right now. Um, and I, this is going to be an intense episode. Um, so we are going to jump right into this, but most importantly, we are going to pray for protection um, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to um, come down on us and open our hearts and our minds so that we may receive this in, in the spirit of truth. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, united with your mystical body, the Church, and in union with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we gather to praise, adore, and glorify you. Before time you existed co-eternal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Through you all things were created, the seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels, and angels. The cosmos and all it contains was created by the Father through you and in the Holy Spirit. Nothing would exist without you, and nothing remains in being without you. You alone have dominion over every created thing. To you then, our Lord and Master, we raise our voices in prayer and supplication. Watch over us and keep us safe in your care. By your power over all things, render deaf, dumb, blind, and utterly impotent any and all evil spirits who would seek to harm us. By the power of your most precious blood, purify and sanctify us, this podcast, and all who hear it. Grant that the words, thoughts, ideas, and movements of our hearts shared in this program may glorify you, the one true God, and help us grow in virtue and holiness. Heavenly Father, your boundless, relentless love for us is made manifest in the incarnation of Jesus, your Son. Through him you have expiated our sins and claimed us as your own. Please hear and grant our prayers offered to you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so like I said, today is going to be a little bit intense. Um, so I wanted to just quickly recap that at the end of the last episode, um, I spoke about how I discovered that something was wrong with myself. I was at a healing mass. Um, We were there actually in support of my son who was being prayed over at the time because he was going through some difficulties. And during the mass, I, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, it's you in reference to what was happening in our family. And, um, and then turned to at the end of mass to my, uh, to the therapist that we were working with and said, I think it's me. So I wanted to pick up from there and um, I've been praying about the best way to relay some of this information and because there is so much and because I did go through this for a a long period of time, I think I'm going to try to break down um, over several episodes the um, what exactly was happening. So we'll focus first at some of the beginning um, aspect of my um, spiritual warfare. So after um, turning to my therapist and I say my therapist at the time, she wasn't even my therapist, but turning to the therapist and saying, I think it's me. Um, we were scheduled to pray, uh, over my son after mass. And so 
uh, first they did that. Um, they, I, I stepped outside, we prayed outside while they were praying over him because, um, it was too upsetting. And obviously now I know why it was, it was triggering me. Um, thankfully they prayed over him and he had no reaction after this was, I think, um, I think the the third time maybe they were praying over him and there was no reaction. So, um, whatever the, um, oppression was had lifted and he had gone to confession and was making some changes. So that was wonderful. Um, after that, the therapist came in and, and spoke to me and we did kind of a quick, um, conversation of why do you think it's you? And I said to her, you know, what was happening was when we, um, we're starting the process with my son with doing the deliverance prayers. We were praying together as a family and I was noticing in myself this um, building anxiety and stress. Um, I, I was getting very tense. I was crying a lot. Um, I was feeling um, kind of like um, something was, was coming after me. And I think in my heart, I knew something was not right with me, but I kept kind of convincing myself like, oh, this is the experience I'm having because he's my son and we're connected and, um, you know, we're all kind of under this, this strange burden and attack. Um, so I had explained this to her and then went on to say um, some of the things that um, were happening in my life that um, may be triggering this. Um, so I have a lot of past baggage, which I've (laughs) brought up in the last, um, podcast. Um, there was, there was many things I think that I was suppressing, um, on top of the bigger things. And so she started asking a lot of questions and I could feel myself starting to get more tense so she said, okay, well, why don't we just go um, pray um, the deliverance prayers and then we'll take it from there. So it happened to be that my older son was with us as well, um, who was very closely connected um, to the church for some different reasons, um, which we can go into in another episode. But um, so when it was time for them to pray over me, the, there was a small team there, father and the therapist and um, two other women. Um I asked my son to stay and my husband to step out because I was afraid that if something were to happen, I he was under so much stress of what was occurring with my son. I I I, I just felt like afraid for him, um, which I think was a strange thing. And I don't know if that was maybe the evil one trying to push me push him out or what, but it 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 ended up being for for the good, and I'll explain why. So. Um, they put me in a chair and they started and father started to pray, uh, deliverance prayers and it did not take long for me to respond. Um, I was definitely triggered. I started choking. Um, I was retching. Um, I was kind of thrashing my body around. Um, my son was squatting down in front of me, um, courageously. It's amazing. Has a beautiful faith, um, with, a crucifix and he just held that crucifix right in front of my face and was praying and and just peaceful and praying and he could have been freaking out on the inside and I never would have known it because he was just very calmly praying um I remember at one point um he was praying and 
this is the first thing I think I noticed outside of kind of the movements and stuff, which, which scared me, but I saw my son do it. So I was somewhat prepared. Um, but I felt suddenly my eyes just shift. And the only way I can explain it, um, is that it felt like I looked straight through him with this disgust, um, which wasn't me and I couldn't explain it. And, and I was just so heartbroken and, but this just pure disgust at him, um, like almost empty emptiness. And, um, and it's, it's something that's stood with me ever since. And and it breaks my heart to, to think that way, to think, but I know it wasn't me. Um, at the time I didn't realize it wasn't me, but I know now it wasn't me. It was, it was, it was these demons inside that, that hated him as much as they hate me, obviously. Um, so the session, um, of deliverance prayers was, was pretty rough. I, I came out pretty beat up. Um, father definitely wanted to pursue. And, um, so that led to, um, a few more, sessions like this of deliverance prayers. Um, when he saw that things were not improving, he, um, wanted me to then go, um, spend some time with the therapist getting, um, evaluated. Um, going through this process, I have to say, it's not like you, uh, walk into a church and say, I'm possessed and I need a priest. Um, it's, it's a, it's a fairly lengthy process to determine if a person is in this position. Um, and so you are examined, um, and evaluated, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally to, um, to rule out any other causes, um, that, that might be bringing you to this. Um, so I went to a, um, a session with my uh, therapist and it lasted probably about four hours and it was really diving into every little detail, starting with as far back as I could remember, even, even things like, well, how did, um, how did your parents meet? How, um, you know, um, when did you come along as far as the birth order and things of that nature? So it was very interesting to go through that process, um, and realize that all of this, everything in our lives is intertwined with the spiritual world. Of course, it makes sense saying that, but we don't really think that much about it. So going through this experience made me realize that we are connected, you know, we are connected from day one to, to God and to spiritual life and to evil if we allow that. So, um, so some things that, that are, um, that I want to kind of list and, um, we'll go back and, and dive into some of these things deeper in future episodes, but I want to just put it out there again as things that you can start evaluating, thinking about praying over if there's been any instances of these things in your life. Now, I will say, number one, this is my experience and someone who's been through this experience, another person might have had a completely different experience. Also, some of the things that I'm going to list does not mean that you're going to be possessed. It just, these are just doors that can potentially open up into bigger, um, bigger things that can then um, bring evil in, allow those demons to enter your life. Um, most people who go through some of these experiences, it'll, maybe it could be that they're oppressed by something through that experience, obsessed over it. Um, 
but rarely is it going to be possession. So some of the things that we discovered, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I keep clearing my voice. I'm still still overcoming a cold. Um, there's certainly, um, and I touched on this before, a mother wound, and that has um, kind of been the foundation, a lot of decisions or poor decisions I've made throughout my life. Um, that mother wound, wound is pretty strong and actually um, kept me from ever really being connected to the Blessed Mother because there was always a feeling of shame or disappointment in myself. Um, But yes, there was that. There's generational sin um, and um, that comes through also Freemasonry um, and witchcraft and also a family curse. And again, I want to pause and say that we have, we have, um, pleaded the blood of Jesus Christ over us. And, um, we ask for, um, him to protect us from, from any evil that might try to attack us during this conversation. And we pray for those, um, demons to be deaf, dumb, and, um, mute, that they do not interfere with anything that we are discussing here. And, um, so let's just continue now. Um, also in my past was the abuse and the rape, which then created this sexual promiscuity, um, suicide attempts, uh, a fascination and then participation in occult. And that came in the way of hypnosis um, and seances, uh, tarot cards, a Ouija board, um, and some other smaller um, things. Just... But this fascination was really kind of um, woven throughout my life from a young age. I think it started with this idea of detaching myself um, from these things. And then it turned into that, that curiosity that kept coming back. And each time it would come back, it was something bigger and, you know, stronger, more forceful. Um, I will probably devote an entire episode to some of the things that happened in my life Um that were, um, looking back pretty shocking, but at the time dismissed as, oh, that was no big deal in regards to the occult, especially, um, the abortion, um, was obviously a a very large part of my past and then created these other emotional, um, issues in my life. Um, another really big thing was unexplained illnesses, I, especially in my adult life, um, but really starting when I was about, I think I was 12 years old, I had intestinal problems that became very severe. Um, They came out of nowhere. I never had really any issues as a baby or a young child. Um, Later, I would find out that sexual, um, sexual wounds and abuses and things, a lot of that, um, falls in the intestines. Um, and so people that have gone through those experiences, people who have, um, even, um, who are battling demons in those ways, um, kind of present in the gut. Uh, I know some of this sounds like a little crazy, but, um, this was all a learning experience for me, um, back when we were discussing this as well. So I hope that over time, as we discuss this, you will, will kind of pick apart and, and dissect what some of this means. Um, so anyway, so, so these were, these were, this was the list, um, which sadly goes on beyond this, but those are some of the bigger things, um, that we discussed and, and basically she wanted to know, um, within that time, the relationships, the behaviors, the, um, what was happening in my life at the time, um, relationships with, with family, um, 
all of this was kind of collected and then um, she puts that all together and then presents that to father and then we have a conversation and um, based on that they determine if then they need to uh, request with the bishop um, a uh, the solemn rite of exorcism. So I leave this um, I leave this session. My husband had come with me, praise God, because I never could have driven home probably by myself. I was completely exhausted. Um, but we were driving home and we were trying to pray. And I had just purchased um, prior to that a St. Benedict crucifix um, medal to wear around my neck. So I had put it on because I was feeling very tense and stressed. Um, and we were driving and we were starting to pray and I started being choked. Um, now, I don't really know how to describe this any other way, but it felt like a constriction around my neck that I couldn't remove. So it just, I could, I could still breathe, um, but I could, um, like the airway felt very tight um, and it just kept getting tighter and tighter. And I, um, and the pain then would kind of travel down my arm and cause almost like this, um, like a paralysis almost in my arm. So my husband panics and we're driving in the car and he immediately calls the therapist and he said, what do I do? What do I do? I'm not sure. Well, the first thing she said is take off the crucifix because clearly that's causing agitation. Um, so I did, as soon as I removed it, my, um, my throat opened back up. Of course I'm distressed. I'm upset. I'm trying to keep it together um, because I'm a fixer. I'm the one who's trying to always fix the problems and I don't want my husband to panic. So I was trying to remain very calm, even though inside I was completely freaked out and wanting to, to, to cry and scream. Um, but what was happening was there was the agitation from opening up the door to all these things that had been suppressed and that the evil one was just like, ah, we don't need to do anything with this person. She's already opened this door. We're sitting pretty here, but wait a minute. Now she wants to fix this. So that kind of, I mean, not to be cliche, cliche and use a funny phrase like this, but it was like all hell broke loose. And, and that's kind of what happened. We, we opened it up. Um, we, we triggered, um, the evil one by wanting to, um, to do something about this, um, this possession that was occurring. So, which I didn't know at that time, but I was just thinking, okay, okay, an oppression like my son. So we get through that. I'm scheduled for another appointment. Um, this one, father tells me ahead of time, this one's going to be a little bit longer. Um, I, I wasn't really told anything other than that, but I knew something seemed different. Um, so going into it, I was like, a little nervous, more nervous than I had been. Um, he said, we're going to do it um, in the chapel. We're going to, you know, just a different environment. There was more people. And I thought something's different here. Well, I didn't know at the moment because they had discussed it with my husband and said, let's just do the first session before we tell her what's that this is actually the full right of exorcism. Um, so it was kind of like a sneak approach, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, so, um, it lasted about three hours. Um, it was, um, terrible. <laughs> uh, in the beginning, uh, sessions, I really don't 
recall a lot of things. Um, it was, um, I don't know how to describe it except feeling like you're in a, it's almost like a dreamlike state. You can kind of hear things. You can, you feel your body moving, you hear your voice or, you know, things happening, but there, but it's almost like it's disconnected in a way it feels, uh, you know, somewhat far away. So, um, there was a lot of thrashing, a lot of screaming. Um, I was, by the time the session ended, I was soaking wet. And, um, that's when we sat down and discussed that what was going on, um, that I was going to need to continue to come. Um, we were able to arrange that I was going to come every two weeks as much as I could. Um, because father did have other cases that he was, was working on as well. Um, so that kind of is where I began. And, um, the best way I can describe it is, um, you know, you're, when you're in a bad relationship, you know, um, you kind of just deal with it. You somehow accept it. You, you just go through the motions. You, you believe that that's all you deserve. Um, you know, a lot of times like people in bad relationships, it's not that they want to be in a bad relationship, but they've convinced themselves that it's normal or it's, it's acceptable or, or they're unworthy of anything better. Well, um, the best way to describe, um, something like this is that I was in a bad relationship with evil and I was ready to break up and the evil one didn't want to break up. So, you know, when you're, when you want to break up with somebody because they're not good for you, but they're going to make it really difficult for you to, to actually break up, especially in an abusive situation. This was kind of what it was like for me. It was trying, saying, I'm done. I don't want this relationship anymore. And the evil one saying, well, hold on a second. Like I have, I have something to say about that. You're not just going to walk out the door on me. I'm going to, I'm going to make it very difficult for you to walk away. And that's exactly what he did. Um, so in the beginning, um, as I was starting to go through these sessions, I was still working, <laughs> which is a miracle. Um, but what can I say, um, living day to day with this is like, um, and again, this is my experience and this is going to be different for others who've gone through the same experience, but I know many people have only heard from the priest's perspective and not from, um, the victim's perspective of what it's like to live through, um, exorcism. So, um, for me, I was attacked, um, pretty significantly in my sleep. Um, I was lucky, I should say fortunate, if if uh, I had maybe one to two hours of sleep every night. And this came in the way of terrible shaking of the bed, movement in the room, uh, constant torment. I would fall asleep, be woken back up. Um, just um, anything to keep me from from being at peace was what was happening. Um, also, uh, one thing that began... And, and I still sometimes um, get this when I speak about this, which is interesting, is I was hoarse. I could, my voice was constantly hoarse. I had to, I never in my life had, had had so many cough drops. I literally would have bags of cough drops shoved in all my purses and, and at home because um, I, my, my voice was just um, constantly hoarse. Um, 
I would, um, driving to work every day in the beginning, um, I would try to pray. I was trying very hard to, to do everything that I was counseled to do. Um, and I would be driving to work and starting to pray and just choking and gagging and, um, trying to get the words out. So it came to the point where I would just put the prayers over the radio and listen and then pray as much as I could, um, along with them because I couldn't always speak. Um, so there was, again, that feeling of being choked. Um, finally I went into work. I, I worked in the Catholic world, um, which was ironic really. Um, and, um, I went in and asked, I said I was having some, some difficulties at home and asked if it would be possible to, to work, I think three days a week or something at home and praise God, my boss agreed to it. And so I was able to then start going to mass in adoration because as father explained it to me, he said, you know, you're breaking off this bad relationship, but now you have to develop a relationship with your new love, which is Jesus. And the only way to do that is to be as close to him as possible, as often as possible. So I did, I, I was in mass and adoration. Sometimes I'd be in adoration for three or four hours and I find it so interesting that um, there was, there was, it was the only place I could find peace was in adoration, but that God allowed me to step into adoration and for the evil one to actually be left at the door and I could go in. It was peaceful. I could pray. I could write. I could talk and listen to the Lord, um, talk with and listen to him because it, when I was at mass, even receiving the Eucharist was um, very challenging. There were times I had I was gagging, and I was trying not to draw attention to myself. And and fortunately, I had um, another priest who knew what was happening, um, so he knew how to handle it. I would go up to receive. I would have to just kind of, um, you know, I'd receive on my tongue and then swallow, 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 until I could like force it down. And then I would sob and cry and just be hysterical. Like, you know, my body would tremble and shake my hands, my feet, my legs, everything. It was just constant disruption and, um, and just this, um, turmoil. Um, there was never really a moment of peace until I stepped into adoration. And, um, and so here I was, you know, trying to break up with this horrible person, right? Well, I say person, but you know what I mean. Um, and met this other great person. And I'm like, I want to know more about this person, you know? And, um, I never really knew Jesus. I, of course I, uh, you know, I grew up, I was a cradle Catholic. I, I went to Catholic school, but I never knew Jesus. I, I didn't know he loved me. I didn't know he wanted me to be in, in involved with him. I, this, the, I, there was so much hatred in myself, self-loathing and disgust and separation from all things that were beautiful, um, that I never knew him. You know, um, I spoke about him. I did the, the, the polite Catholic thing. I was the good Catholic wife. I was trying to be the good Catholic mom. All of this was superficial because in my heart, it was completely empty. I had, there was just a black tar that had filled my heart and there was no room for him. Um, so as I started to, um, you know, with, with my cooperation, Jesus really started to remove that tar from me. I started to, to discover 
this this beautiful relationship that I know in my heart I had longed for my whole life. Um, I just never knew it was that. So, um, and God gave me many graces um, during my sessions. He brought, um, you know, when I when I chose to cooperate with God and say, "I'm done. I want to be done with this." Um, he he gave me many um, helpers. And he sent them often to my sessions and sometimes outside, but uh, St. Padre Pio and St. Gemma Galgani and St. John Paul II, uh, St. John Bosco, St. Francis of Assisi, Blessed Yerze, St. Gabriel Pacenti. Um, I mean, just in the Blessed Mother, of course, um, just all these beautiful saints who are our friends. And um, I say that in such a, I feel like simplistic um, kindergarten type way, but these are our friends. These are our friends in heaven who, who want to help us, who are there to support us, to bring us through difficulties. And again, not knowing really anything about this um, at a personal level, just at a 20,000 foot level, I was just in awe of these beautiful saints who actually wanted something to do with me, this disgusting, terrible person who doesn't even deserve a friendship with any of these um, saints, but here they are trying to help me. So it was, it was really beautiful. And one other thing um, I wanted to touch upon, um, and I think we'll, we'll end with this, is that um, I had to overcome this idea idea in my mind of what exorcism was um you know the hollywood version of it um you know with uh you know thrashing and and head spinning and 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 you know all these crazy things that you see now some of this is reality in a more subdued way and again this is my experience and, and it's different for everybody um and it's not really prudent to go into too many details um, because we don't want to uh, bring any more attention to the evil one um, than necessary. But to give you an idea of, of what that's like, um, you know, I, I mentioned that dreamlike state, but also um, uncontrollable screaming, screaming so hard that there were times when I felt like my vocal cords literally were like ripping out um, from my throat. Um, the screaming was so intense. I, I could never in my life scream like that on my own. Um, what happens is as when you're in an exorcism, the, of course the demons are angry. They don't want to leave. So they're going to cling and they're going to do things to try to, um, to fight back. And the way of fighting back is to kind of take over your faculties. So, so whether it's, um, through your senses, a lot of times, so screaming, um, shaking my head so much back and forth that you would think it would snap off. Um, um, my eyes, I know I didn't see this, of course, but others would, would, would kind of explain what they saw afterwards. And, you know, my eyes clouding over, rolling back, um, relics would, um, would, would feel like they're burning my skin. Um, like just this intense pain. Um, and amazingly with all these things happening, I never, I never, hurt anything or anyone. Um, so nothing on my own body and nothing on anybody else. Um, even in the times where it was violent and, and I threw some people off of me and, and lashed and, and did things of that nature. There was never, never did anyone get hurt, praise God. So, um, so that's a little bit of, of what that's like, um, in the sessions and, and we'll kind of talk next time a little bit about, um, 
what it's like during a session once I had more lucidity um, because over time God allowed me to be um, a little more lucid and um, we believe that's because he is allowing this to happen in my he he wanted this ministry to happen and in order for that to happen I had to have memory there and so yes I've had many people come to me and say well this isn't a real exorcism because you're you're completely out and this is not true um not everybody is completely unconscious when they um are going through an exorcism um some people may be some people may experience other things but that's not the case for every person who goes through it um and and in some ways, I wish I was completely incoherent because um, I don't want to remember some of the things I remember. Um, but um, all for God's glory at the end. And, and I know this is why he allowed it. Um, so I just, um, I want to finish with that. I, I know we're kind of leaving again with with not fully um, done with the explanation, but because there's so much information and this is a very heavy topic, I don't want to just dump all of this into one episode. So, um, I, I think what I'd like you to do as homework, um, is first of all, to pray, um, to pray against evil, to protect your family through prayer, to protect yourself through prayer, um, continue to use your sacramentals, use your exercise salt, use your exercise water, um, put it into your food, put it into your laundry, Bless your children with it. Bless your property with it. Um, this is not just, um, you know, made up stuff. This is real. This is the reality. There is a spiritual world and it's very close to us. And there is evil and it does reside here along with the good. And we want to reject it. We want to continuously reject it. We want to renounce it. We want to keep it out of our lives. We don't want to give any invitation to the evil one to, to enter into our lives. And we'll talk a little bit, a little bit more about the invitation, um, probably in the next episode, I think, so that there's a better understanding of through some of those childhood, um, traumas and things I was doing where the invitation came or where we suspect that it came. Um, so until then, Let's give praise to our Lord in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until next time, God bless you.